and hello from Boise, Idaho and Idaho Education News. This is Extra Credit, your weekly podcast looking at education and politics. I'm Kevin. I'm Clark. And we'll throw it out there right away. I'd rather be listening to Prince right now, too, than listening to us talk. But we do have interesting stuff to talk about today. So if you can set aside Prince morning for a few minutes and we'll talk about some education and some political issues Starting this week with some interesting numbers that uh, we um, unearthed through the Department of Health and Welfare regarding immunization. This is an issue we've tracked for the past couple of years as far as uh, immunization rates in the schools. So the good news is the numbers are up. Uh, The interesting news is that nobody can really tell exactly why the numbers are up. Health and Welfare just received the numbers last week, and they haven't had a chance to crunch the numbers and try to analyze where the trends are increasing, where the trends are decreasing. Uh, and what it all exactly means. Yeah, the state has a goal, Kevin, do they not? And they're inching closer uh, to that goal. And we've dug down and looked at some more specific numbers. Uh, Tell us what the goal is and uh, how we're doing this year compared to last year. Right. So the big goal is 90%. The state wants to see 90% of kids immunized. Uh, And we're talking about kindergartners, first graders, and seventh graders are the ones who uh, who get tracked. So right now, we're close to 87% statewide, so we're getting there. And also significantly, the number has increased, has gone up the past three years. So we're we're inching our way closer to the 90% mark. Also significantly, some of the biggest districts in the state are already at or above 90%. So here we're talking about West Ada, Boise, Nampa, Idaho Falls, Pocatello, Bonneville. So some of the big districts are already there. Uh, obviously, there are some pockets of districts that uh, the numbers are quite low. Uh, you still have quite a number of uh, parents who exempt their kids from from immunizations for whatever reasons, and that can be political concerns, medical concerns, philosophical concerns. Those numbers are and sometimes still... it's just easier, yeah, right? Sometimes, it's just a, sometimes filling out the form is easier than going and getting the sometimes vaccination. Sometimes it's just a paperwork thing where uh, parents decide that it's easier to to simply download the two-page form from the state and fill out an exemption and call it good and, and move on. So some of those kids may actually have immunization. We just may not have them uh, tracked as immunized because of the exemptions. So the the exemption numbers are still high, although they've kind of come down a little bit. So that's another piece of the trend. So we will check back with health and welfare in a few weeks. We'll give them a chance to crunch their numbers and, and get a sense of what's going on Meanwhile, another numbers game yesterday, last night in Idaho Falls, very low number of people turning out to uh, weigh in about the science standards that you've written about a lot and not a lot of interest uh, out in IF last night. Yeah, let's real quick take you back uh, to the legislative session earlier this year. We've talked about this and we've covered it at Idaho Education News, but lawmakers rejected uh, a set of proposed new science and humanity standards during the legislative session this year. That was the issue, remember, Kevin, where they didn't really maybe explain exactly to my satisfaction where uh, where the concern came from. They just sort of said there wasn't enough public input and maybe yeah. we didn't uh, do as good of a job as yeah, we could It was could a very have. cryptic process of killing those standards. And they also, as we reported, they got into... Uh, politically sensitive issues such as the age and creation of the universe, global warming, humans' role in climate change, and those sorts of things. So anyways, uh, last week the state kicked off a series of statewide meetings Mm -hmm. where they're going around the state to gather this public input 
regarding not only the science standards and the humanity standards that were rejected, but a number of other standards, including the Common Core Idaho Core standards in English and math. And so our brand new Eastern Idaho reporter, Devin Bodkin, uh, went out there. He was there last night in Idaho Falls. And what he found was that exactly one parent showed up um, to testify about these standards. There were a handful of educators there. Some of them were defending the rejected science standards. The parent wanted to talk about more robust math standards, so it had nothing to do with science standards as far as that parent was right. concerned. Um, but it was interesting. They said there was all this public input, all these public voices that did not get to be heard last time around, and now they are going to great lengths to go around the state to seek out that input, and exactly one parent um, shows up. And if you're curious about the, the meeting, we have coverage at IdahoEdNews.org. Full they, coverage of one parent. Full coverage of one parent. <laughs> but these meetings continue, will they not, Kevin? They'll be in Boise next week on Monday night uh, at 6 o'clock, I believe, at the Red Right, Land. and you're going to be there Monday night. So, so the, the process isn't done yet by any means, so it's a little early to say whether the public comment process is going to be uh, robust or if it's going to be kind of a flop like it was in Idaho Falls uh, Thursday night. So you'll be there Monday, uh, Monday in Boise to see what, uh, what goes down there. Also, the state is taking written comments, uh, so we'll see how this process unfolds, but it'll be very interesting to see what sort of public input there is uh, and to what extent there's public input. And to be fair, the Idaho Falls is, the event is the one we covered. There were events earlier in the week, and folks from the State Department of Education did say that there was larger turnout there were those more other people events. up north. I don't know how. We weren't there. We don't know exactly what that turnout was like. More than one. Yeah, there's a lot of ways to get to more than one. More than one. All right. Um, Kevin, you've been following uh, the superintendent of public instruction, Sherry Ybarra's office, and the comings and goings within her executive team, kind of her top education officials, her top lieutenants working with her. Some news you found out this week. Uh, what, what did you look at? Yeah, a couple of quick headlines here. So Tim McMurtry, who uh, was hired on, on a contract basis a year ago, He's been kind of promoted. He's now uh, a deputy superintendent within the department. The backstory with Tim McMurtry is that he is uh, Sherry Ibarra's former boss back in the Mountain Home District. He was the uh, superintendent out there before retiring. Uh, joined the Ibarra team on a contract basis in the middle of 2015. Um, it doesn't seem to change his role very much. It doesn't seem to change his salary very much. Meanwhile, and this is probably uh, significant down the road, uh, Ibarra is looking for a replacement for another one of her uh, mountain home connections. Tim Porter, uh, her legislative liaison who left abruptly and kind of cryptically unexplained uh, during the middle of this 2016 legislative session, she is looking for a successor in that role uh, who would basically work with the legislature and kind of um, negotiate uh, legislation and negotiate pieces of Ibarra's legislative agenda. So we'll see how that hiring process goes on. And, and meanwhile, a guy we've written about over the past couple of years, uh, Pete Kohler is the chief deputy, the chief deputy uh, former uh, superintendent out in Napa. He's staying apparently now through the year 2017. What's interesting there is when he joined the Ibarra team right after the election, it was supposed to be this short-term uh, kind of stopgap thing because he only wanted to work a few months, said he could only work a few months because of Percy restrictions. He's now going to be there well into 2017. He's going to be well into um, 
the second half of Sharia Barra's uh, term. So it's kind of interesting. He's kind of like the, the Brett Favre of of, yeah. <laughs> of, uh, of uh, Sharia Barra hires because the retirement keeps kind of sliding back and back and back. So we'll see... Uh, We'll see how all these comings and goings shake out, especially the the hire to replace Tim Porter. It'll be interesting to see uh, who comes aboard and, yeah. how, and, and what kind of role that person winds up playing. That'll have big implications for next year's legislative session and the run-up to next year's legislative session. Superintendent Ibarra has already talked uh, about trying to revive some of her priorities that didn't quite make it this year, specifically the Rural Schools Education Cooperative uh, and so uh, there's going to be a long list of, of projects for this new legislative liaison to tackle. So that's right in our wheelhouse, and we'll be watching that um, closely, and we'll report on that. Uh, speaking of kind of uh, some leadership I- issues and, and some shakeups, we reported some news about the Caldwell School District out in western Idaho, Kevin, this week. Um, about their legal fees increasing dramatically as they went through sort of a uh, leadership shuffle, right? Right. It's an interesting story that you can get on idahoatnews.org. We looked at the legal bills that um, the Caldwell District has run up since July 1st, and they're pretty high. Uh, They're well above $80,000. And just to put that number into some context, we looked at the neighboring districts, Nampa and Valley View. They're each at about $8,000 in legal fees. So what's going on here? Why were there so many uh, legal fees? Well, it comes to a lot of issues that you know will be familiar to you uh, as we kind of walk through them. The hiring of a superintendent. And the hiring process is now complete. Chalene French from Bonneville District has uh, been hired uh, for 133000 per year. So we know that hire is completed, but the process of hiring a superintendent takes time, and it took a lot of legal consulting to get there. Uh, We've also had recall elections in, in Caldwell. Two trus- trustees were ousted in November. So you've had that issue. You've had some urban renewal issues. You had the ouster of the old superintendent. So a lot of things to, uh, to lawyer up about. So the $80,000 legal fees, maybe not all that, uh, maybe not all that un- unexpected. And we've written about districts in the past that have run up even bigger legal bills when big things happened. Blaine County a couple of years ago, huge yeah. legal fees. So it, it kind of comes and it goes. We'll try to break down these legal fees a little bit further, look statewide uh, a few weeks down the road and see how everything compares. Yeah, this was another interesting one for us, Kevin. Uh, we used a public records request to obtain these 90-some pages of legal invoices to go through and try to look at exactly what the bills were in Caldwell over the last year for legal services. Uh, and so that was another one where we sought out public records uh, and we were able to receive those from the school district to kind of take a closer look at, you know, maybe why why is the number what it is and, and what are they spending their money on. So, And, you know, it's kind of, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, watchdog reporting. We talk a lot about, you know, public records journalism and why that's important to what we do. Not every public record story is really a gotcha story. You no. know, I think as we looked at these 90 pages plus of, of legal invoices, there's nothing there that's terribly scandalous or surprising with, with everything that's happened in the district you know the ouster of a superintendent the hiring of a new superintendent the recall of, a, of two trustees uh, those are issues that you, you probably do want to consult with a lawyer about especially when you've got in, an interim uh, superintendent on the job so watchdog journalism maybe not uh, gotcha journalism in this case but sort of a um, uh, an exercise in following the dollars 
For sure. And I'm excited, uh, Kevin, today because I'm getting ready to take a field trip here. Uh, as soon as we complete the podcast, I'm going to be heading up to Idaho City, uh, to the Basin School District. And it's kind of an Earth Day story. Uh, and what they're doing is they have an outdoor education center uh, that they got federal lands. And this is something that uh, the superintendent there and the Basin School District officials have been working on for more than 15 years to secure this land for this outdoor education center. Today is the grand opening of the education center. It's an Earth Day celebration. They're going to have a bunch of uh, guest speakers and folks there attending, including Superintendent of Public Instruction Sherry Ibarra. There's going to be some BLM smoke jumpers, some folks from the interagency fire center, uh, and a bunch of tree planting ceremonies, a bunch of cool stuff going on uh, in celebration of Earth Day and the opening of this new outdoor education center. We're going to look to put together a multimedia present, uh, presentation with a video component and a story that should be up by this evening if you want to check this out. But this is a big day uh, for the folks up in Idaho City and at the Basin School District there. This has been a long time coming. They have some special guests out there today who I will get to meet. And uh, I, it's a big day out there, and I get the sense that oh, they're it'll be excited. It'll be fun to... To read and watch uh, what uh, what happens up there today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, help me set up next week. Um, we've got some things going on next week as we get closer to the election and closer to the end of the school year. What are, what are some of the top stories you're going to yeah, be following? Some Kevin? things that you should be reading in IdahoNews.org in the week ahead. We'll have continuing coverage of the legislative primaries. You've been working on that, so we'll roll out some more. Uh, profiles of some of the races around the state that are of interest, especially uh, if you're interested in education issues, uh, budget issues. So keep an eye out for those. We've got several already online, so you may want to check out and see if your your district is uh, is represented there. Meanwhile, I'm working on a project, and I'm I'm interested in how this uh, how this will all come together with our broadcast partners at Channel Six uh, KIVI here in uh, the Treasure Valley. We're taking a closer look at the West Ada School District and. What happened? What happened in West Data? How did we get to this point? Uh, new superintendent, two new trustees, two recall elections involving other trustees, and maybe more importantly, where does the state's largest district go from here? That's going to be kind of my angle in the story. So we will go live with our story at idahoidnews.org on Thursday. Our friends at uh, KIV, I will go live with uh, additional coverage in their broadcast, but also on their website. So it's going to be on a lot of different platforms, a lot of different information for voters in West Ada heading into those recall elections on May 17th. But also, just if you're interested in how we got here, the political intrigue, the uh, personal intrigue, and where does the district go from here. So a lot of good stuff, I hope, uh, we'll, we'll be able to roll out to sort of connect some dots about a story we've written a lot about this past year. I'm looking forward to that a lot, and I'm looking forward uh, to the different ways you can tell this story by teaming up with our media partners, Kevin. So I think that will be a good one. Uh, on Thursday, did you say? Yes, can Thursday we'll go live, and, and we'll be going live also with our, with our partners at KIVI. They'll have uh, content starting on Thursday as well. All right. I will be at the Science Standards uh, Review Hearing on Monday evening. And I will be here. We'll see if you have any company. Yeah, we'll see if the number of members of the media outnumber the concerned <laughs> citizens that attend this event. Uh, meanwhile, 
Uh, Kevin will be back next Friday with a brand new episode of the Extra Credit Podcast. I am going to be on the road, so you'll be in good hands with Kevin next week. But I want to thank everyone for listening this week. And always, in the meantime, you can continue the conversation by following Idaho Ed News on Twitter and liking us on Facebook and reading our coverage every single day at IdahoEdNews.org. Until next week, thank you so much. I'm Clark. And I'm Kevin. Have a good week.